Chapter 6 Genesis 22, 13-19 Substitutions, Seeds, and Brides Substitutionary Atonement Revealed Genesis 22, 13-14 Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram, and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Isaac asked, Where is the lamb? And Abraham answered, God will provide a lamb. Genesis 22, 7-8 The ram they found was not the lamb. The Hebrew word for lamb in verses 7 and 8 is say, and it means one of a flock, lamb, sheep, goat. The Hebrew word for ram in verse 13 is avil, and it means ram. Rams were used as sacrifices. The trespass or guilt offering was a mandatory sacrifice, and it was exclusively a ram, Leviticus 6.6. 6. These offerings were given as atonement for unintentional sins that required reimbursing an offended party and to cleanse from defiling sins and physical maladies. The fat, kidneys, and liver were offered to God, and the remainder of the ram had to be eaten inside the court of the tabernacle. On the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, a ram was sacrificed as a burnt offering. Leviticus 16, 3-5 Rams could also serve as burnt offerings, which is what God called for in Genesis 22, verse 2. Since rams could serve as burnt offerings, Abraham could offer this one caught in the thicket instead of his son. This is the language of substitutionary atonement that found its true and greatest fulfillment in Jesus. Consider the language in Isaiah 53, 5-12. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For our transgressions he was stricken. The Lord made his soul an offering for sin. He shall bear their iniquities. He bore the sin of many. The ram died in Isaac's place, looking forward to Jesus dying in our place. The ram rescued Isaac from physical death, just as Jesus rescues believers from spiritual death. Why did God provide a ram instead of a lamb that would have better prefigured Jesus, the Lamb of God? By providing a ram, there is no doubt that Abraham's words were not fulfilled. It is obvious a lamb was still required. In Hebrew, the Lord will provide is Jehovah Jireh. In verse 8, Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. If Abraham saw the ram as the sacrifice God would provide, he would have called the place the Lord has provided. Instead, Abraham called it the Lord will provide, because he looked forward to a future day when God would provide the required lamb. There is evidence Abraham passed along his revelation to subsequent generations. The words, as it is said to this day, Genesis 22:14, refer to the day Moses wrote Genesis. Therefore, five centuries later, people were still saying, it shall be provided. The words in the Mount of the Lord mean they looked forward to God providing at this location on Mount Moriah. Unlike people in the Old Testament, we can say the Lord has provided. We can proclaim with great joy and thanksgiving that the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world was offered up as our substitute.
Abraham saw Jesus through Isaac. We see Jesus through Isaac, but did Abraham? Could he have had an idea he was prefiguring what God the Father would do with his son 2,000 years later? Could he know the angel who stopped him from sacrificing his son was the person his son represented and the person who would later die for them both? In John 8:56, Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Saying Abraham rejoiced to see Christ's day means nothing more than he looked forward to the fulfillment of the promises God made him. Jesus went beyond that, though, in saying Abraham did see his day. Abraham saw Jesus, including his sacrifice, through Isaac. He had at least a veiled, shadowy idea of the true and greater reality taking place. Warren Wearsby said, When Isaac willingly allowed himself to be put on the altar, Abraham saw the day of Christ's death and resurrection. A.W. Pink said, How did Abraham see Christ's day? Abraham saw the day of Christ in type. In offering Isaac on the altar and in receiving him back in a figurative sense from the dead, as Hebrews 11.19 says, he received a marvelous foreshadowing of the Savior's death and resurrection. The Moody Bible Commentary says, Abraham witnessed through the binding of Isaac a foreshadowing of the death and resurrection of Christ. Albert Barnes said, Abraham was permitted to have a view of the death of the Messiah as a sacrifice for sin, represented by the command to offer Isaac. Matthew Poole said, Abraham saw Christ's day in the type of Isaac being offered, then receiving him back. John Gill said, He saw Christ in his day, his sufferings, death, and resurrection from the dead, in a figure, in the binding of Isaac, in the sacrifice of the ram, and in the receiving of Isaac back from the dead. Consider these two verses. Psalm 25:14. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Hebrews 19:15. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death. Abraham feared God, and God showed him the new covenant by revealing the mediator of the covenant through Isaac. Romans 4:11 says, Abraham is the father of all those who believe. Even though Abraham was in the Old Testament, he is able to be the father of new covenant believers because God revealed his son to him, and he looked forward to that son in faith. Thus, people in the Old Testament were saved by grace through faith in the same way we are saved in the New Testament by grace through faith. They looked forward in faith while we look back in faith. The Seed of Abraham Genesis 22:17-18 Blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice Abraham's seed is Isaac but God's words look past him to Jesus the true and greater son of Abraham Matthew 1.1. The previous verses in Genesis 22 have been filled with typology, but with these verses, a direct connection is made to Jesus. Peter identified Jesus as the seed when he quoted Genesis 22.18 while preaching in Acts 3.25-26. 
you are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Paul also referred to Jesus when he quoted Genesis 22:18 in Galatians 3:8, and the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, "In you all the nations shall be blessed." Unfortunately, some people think the gospel is a New Testament invention, but Paul says God preached the gospel to Abraham. The words "in you all the nations shall be blessed" do not sound like a gospel presentation to us because there is no mention of Jesus' name, death, burial, or resurrection. But God's promise allowed Abraham to be saved by grace when he looked forward in faith to the seed that would bless all nations. Genesis 15.6 says, Abraham believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Paul identified Jesus as the seed in Galatians 3.16. Now to Abraham and his seed, were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. Although God promised Abraham countless descendants, he spoke of one specific seed, who is Christ. All the descendants of Abraham, Moses, David, Solomon, Isaiah, or any others, pale in comparison to Jesus, because only through him would all the nations of the earth be blessed. Abraham spent years looking forward in faith to the birth of his son Isaac, but Jesus is the only son he could look forward to in faith for salvation. Isaac and Jesus return with their brides. Genesis twenty-two nineteen. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. As already discussed, Genesis 22 prefigures Jesus' death and resurrection, but it also prefigures his return with his bride, the church. Verse 19 says Abraham returned to his young men, but where is Isaac? When Abraham left the two servants, he said, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Genesis 22.5 Previously, verse 6 and 8 say, the two of them went together. Why did they not return together? This furthers Isaac's typology with Jesus, who disappeared after the ascension until he returns with his bride, the church. Similarly, Isaac is sacrificed, resurrected, and then he disappears. We do not see him again until he returns with his bride, Rebekah. Abraham maintains the typology with God the Father by sending out a servant to find a bride for his son. God the Father sent out a servant, the Holy Spirit, to find a bride for his son. Genesis 24, 2-4 records, So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family, and take a wife for my son Isaac. Based on Genesis 15:2, we know the servant's name is Eliezer, which means God is help. This makes the connection with the Holy Spirit, who is the helper. 
John 14, verses 16 and 26, and 16, 7. Even though the servant's name is known, it is not mentioned anywhere in the account, furthering the typology with the Holy Spirit, who is the unnamed servant working behind the scenes. In Genesis 24, 27, Isaac told Rebekah, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Rebecca was chosen for marriage before she knew it. As Christ's bride, we were chosen before we knew it. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1.4 The servant gave Rebecca gifts. Genesis 24.53 says, The servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold and clothing, and gave them to Rebecca. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts. Each one has received a gift. 1 Peter 4.10 Rebekah's brother Laban was a worldly man who tried to delay his sister from obeying the servant and going to her husband. Genesis 24.54-58 records, The servant said, Send me away to my master Isaac. But Laban and Rebekah's mother said, Let the young woman stay with us a few days, at least ten. After that she may go. And he said to them, Do not hinder me. Since the Lord has prospered my way, send me away so that I may go to my master. So they said, We will call the young woman and ask her personally. Then they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. While the unnamed servant seeks to bring us to Christ, the world, pictured by Laban, seeks to delay us. Rebekah heard about the wealthy father with a beloved son. She was invited to leave her old life and find a new life, and she did not hesitate to go to her bridegroom. She shows the obedience that should characterize the church in not hesitating to go to our bridegroom. We know there is a wealthy father with a beloved son, and we are invited to leave our lives and begin new lives with him. As Rebecca joyfully went to Isaac, we should joyfully leave the world for Christ. Rebecca did not know Isaac. She learned of him through his representative. Similarly, we do not know Christ, but we learned of him through the Holy Spirit. Rebecca had not seen Isaac, but she still desired him. We have not seen Jesus, but whom having not seen, we love. 1 Peter 1.8 Rebecca was entrusted to the servant until she met her bridegroom. Genesis 24.61 says, Then Rebekah and her maids arose, and they rode on the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. Similarly, the church is entrusted to the Holy Spirit until we meet our bridegroom. Genesis 24.64-65 records Isaac and Rebekah's meeting. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. For she had said to the servant, who is this man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took a veil and covered herself. Rebecca's long journey to Isaac was finally over. There will be a day when our long journey to Christ will finally be over. Isaiah 25 9 says, And it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The type never lives up to the reality. 
We have considered many wonderful ways Abraham and Isaac are great types of God the Father and God the Son. But types always come up short. Types are shadows of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Colossians 2.17 Types are not the true form of these realities. If types did not fall short, they would not be types. They would have the substance and be the reality. This is the case with Abraham and Isaac. Genesis 22 contains one of the most amazing types in Scripture, but it breaks down. Abraham was with Isaac the whole time. The intimacy between them is shown when they speak to each other. Isaac called Abraham my father, and Abraham called Isaac my son. Genesis 22.7 There was no intimacy between God the Father and God the Son when Jesus was sacrificed. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus called God my father. But when he hung on the cross, the intimacy was broken. There was only separation. Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew 27, 46. Abraham carried the knife and fire, but Isaac was spared from both. Jesus, on the other hand, experienced the full weight of God's wrath. God did not want Isaac sacrificed because it would have accomplished nothing. Sin would not have been transmitted. Atonement would not have been made. It would not have pleased the Lord to bruise Isaac like it pleased the Lord to bruise Jesus. Isaiah 53.10 The question remains then, did God want a burnt offering? Yes, he did. He wanted our sins transmitted. He wanted atonement made. He chose his son to be the sacrifice. If you have repented of your sins and put your faith in Christ, then the Lord has laid on him your iniquity. Isaiah 53, 6. If you have not done this, your sins remain on you. God loves you and will forgive you, but John 3, 16 says, God so loved the world, not the world so loved God. Many will reject Jesus, which is why in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, he said, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. The words many and few describe the number of people going to hell versus heaven. What percent do many and few represent? Is it 60 40, 70 30? maybe even 80-20? The Lord does not tell us the percent, but he does tell us it is many versus few, and that alone should create a healthy fear. When Jesus said narrow, he meant narrow. There is only one way to be saved, and that is by grace through faith in Christ. In John 14-6, Jesus said, I am the way, singular, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In Acts 4.12, the apostle Peter preached to the religious leaders, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Only one way and one name. This is narrow, and there are few people who find this narrow way, which leads to life. My prayer is that you have found the way which leads to life. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Now is the day of salvation. Today you can embrace the Father's love for you 
If you wonder if the Father really loves you, remember as it says in Genesis 22-2, compare with Matthew 3.17, He gave His Son, His only Son, whom He loved, for you. Questions Number 25 How was the ram a shadow of the greater reality fulfilled in Jesus? Number 26. Genesis 22, 17 through 18 says, In Abraham's seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Where else in Scripture is this seed mentioned? Number 27. In what ways does Isaac serve as a type of Christ after Abraham sacrificed the ram? Number 28. How does the typology break down between Isaac and Jesus? In other words, when does the type and shadow not match the reality and substance? Number 29. What verses would you quote to those who claim there are many ways to heaven? Number 30. Think of one of the other types in Scripture. If you have trouble thinking of one, go back to the introduction where a number are listed. How do these types fail to live up to the reality found in Christ? 